Well, hello, Faith family, and welcome to today's panel. So very, very familiar story, today's, uh, today's sermon, and I'm joined today uh, by Joe Hussing. So Joe, thanks so much for, for being on the panel today. So yeah, we did the story of David and Goliath. Uh, very familiar to, to most any of us that grew up in church, or even if you, even if you didn't, this is just a generally familiar Bible story. Uh, but we heard about it in, a, I, I think, a, a, different, a different way, really looking at it um, from from the the viewpoint of what does the author of First Samuel intend to relay to us, mm-hmm. and so I, I thought it was very helpful. But I just want to start out. Uh, how were you helped by today's exposition? Yeah. So one particular point was um, where Kyle was talking about how we shouldn't moralize everything mm. um, in the Old Testament, which is right. Uh, particularly the the difficulty of what do we do if things fail. So if we're asking, you know, yes. he's saying something like, you know, a lot of sermons will say, um, you know, face your giants and take your stone and sling it. Well, what if your giant gets back up um, and <laughs> right. laughs at you? Uh, and that's a good point. And I, I really do think like that question gets to the heart of like, if we're going to apply this to our lives today, we need application that will face victory and failure, both mm-hmm. in equal measure and, and even give us, point us to the same place for for both of those things, for comfort and loss, and yes. and for joy and victory. So yes, no, I I agree. I, I was very helped by that, and uh, I loved um, when. It, well, I don't love it in the sense that like, oh great, I I I love getting compared yeah. to poor, uh, weak, <laughs> failing Israel. But the David and Goliath story makes so much more sense to me yeah. when it's cast in the light of like, no, I would have been on the sidelines, just just fearful and like, man. I don't know if like our I don't know if we're going to get past this. Yep. Like the Philistines might just end this completely. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Um, well, so Kyle talked about when he first discovered uh, biblical theology. Was was yeah. there a time like that for you? <clears throat> yeah. So, so I, I, I'm a pastor's kid. So I grew mm-hmm. up in the church in Sunday school. And so the way uh, sometimes the way that the Old Testament was Kyle was talking about how it ought not be taught. What that was sometimes just the default of a lot of. Uh, upbringing in kind of Sunday school setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of grew up with that as my default setting. When I got to college, it was interesting. Um, I was in a couple of uh, New Testament classes at Western Kentucky University. Mm-hmm. And what I started noticing as I was reading through the New Testament is I, I started noticing that the way the New Testament writers talked about the Old Testament, quoted them, referenced stories, they just didn't do it the exact same way that I would have heard a Sunday school teacher growing up sure. teach it. So I'm reading Matthew, you know, and uh, you've got Matthew drawing from like Micah, out of Egypt I called my son, uh, and and I'm like going back to that original passage, thinking that doesn't seem to be what he's saying, or yeah. doesn't seem to make sense of the way I would have looked at that previously. So I remember I went to my dad and I asked him um, like, what do I do about this? It doesn't seem like I'm interpreting the Old Testament, the way the New Testament writers, the apostles mm. um, and the New Testament writers would have done. So he went onto the shelf, he grabbed a book. Uh, Kyle actually referenced the man buying that book, but he, he grabbed a book called, uh, it's called the Goldsworthy Trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's got gospel, I think it's gospel kingdom, gospel and revelation, gospel and wisdom. Um, so it kind of talks about the way that we ought to interpret that from a biblical theological standpoint. And so w- once I read that, it was life transforming. Not that we didn't make any moral principles from the Old Testament anymore, but it just, it cast it in a better frame and made sense of the way the New Testament writers wrote about the Old Testament. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's fascinating. And then what, can, can you, if you were to, to place it down here at a level that 
that uh, Daniel can understand, <laughs> you know, but, but at, a, at a level um, where, where anybody could just understand, like, what is biblical theology? Like, when we say that, yeah. I think maybe we have a general, like, maybe a vague notion, but what, sure. what is it? So, biblical theology, they use that term, I think, to set it against systematic theology. Mm -hmm. Not against in opposition to, but just so we can compare them. Systematics tends to deal with categorical questions. How, like, if I'm going to take a question like, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about the atonement? And it's going to take the Bible as one set knowledge base, and you're going to pull everything the Bible says about that one subject and kind of set it all yes. there. Biblical theology tries to take that and cast it in the bigger story. So the way, the way I think about it is um, if, we, if we didn't look at the Bible, we looked at some other story, like, um, like Loder or like for nerds like me, it's Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> nice. so, so Lord of the Rings... Um, it's a big story, three books. It's got a lot of material. Books have been written about the books. Um, so the systematic theology way of approaching that book would be something like this. Like, tell me everything you know about Gandalf. And so you're going to look about, like, well, he was Gandalf the Grey, then Gandalf the White. He has this, you know, this staff that he carries around that helps him to right. wield magic. Six foot He's a wit Yeah, so you've got all these, like, characteristics, all these things about Gandalf. And that would be the way systematic theology approaches it. One category and then everything we know about it. Biblical theology would take a specific set within the big story and, and ask questions about why that's significant or how it plays into earlier parts of the story or later parts. It's like, so a good example of that would be, very end, spoiler alert, if you haven't read those books, you're 70 years late. But, <laughs> but like, so at the very end, Sam, Sam and Frodo wake up and they're back in Rivendell. And mm. he sees Gandalf and he, make, he makes this line, he says, um, is everything sad coming untrue? which is a really significant line in the book, but if we, if we just thought about it in its immediate context, it wouldn't have as much significance as if we pull it back and look back. So yes. it's very significant. They just woke up. They just destroyed the ring. Um, they are happy they're alive. You see yeah. Frodo beside them. They think it's, that they're going to die. It's important, yeah. Yes. So it's helpful in that smaller context. But if you step back and you realize that, like, when Gandalf walks in, that's the first time he's seen it, seen Gandalf since Gandalf fell in Moria in the first book. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, everyone he thought was dead is now alive. That's a much more significant thing to say. And that's what we do, like, in the Bible with biblical theology is we take the original story, we interpret it within its immediate context, but then we pull it out and we look at the bigger arching themes mm -hmm. and we connect those themes together in more significant ways. Yes. No, yeah, that's, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I've always heard... Uh, with systematic theology, biblical theology, they, they help inform right. one another. So like I even think about the past, the series that we've been in, First Samuel, going through, I mean, what we're doing is a, is a biblical theology where we're diving deep into certain texts. Yep. And then how do those, those texts help us understand mm -hmm. all these other just bigger overarching categories? Right. Sure. Um, so yeah, but no, thank you. That was very helpful. That was very helpful. Well, well Kyle showed us three ways this morning to get to Christ from 1 Samuel 17, uh, which, which one stood out to you? Yeah, so the, the first one, I think, I don't know if that was his, like, uh, would have been the one that he preached if he normally wasn't going mm. through all of them, but I thought it just made, um, it made sense of the bigger question that he was asking earlier, which was, so if you ask the question, what do I do when I fail, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what if my giant doesn't, <laughs> doesn't die right. on impact? Uh, the, the, the question would have a question within it, right? So it's, what if I fail? So where is my champion? 
Mm. Right. So not looking at my own self, but asking mm. the question, where's my champion, which, you know, draws connections to the cross. I think also maybe even draws connections other places. You see a question like that being asked. I think like Revelation earlier uh, in Revelation where you have John and everyone in the, ho the host don't know who's going to yeah, open who the scroll. Worthy. Who's There's worthy no to open the scroll. Yeah, and good. they're looking right. around who is this person. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Jesus presents himself, presents himself as the one worthy and they sing about it. So, yes. yeah. So I think that question about who is our champion answers the question, if I can't defeat my giants, who do I look to to defeat them? And, and the name is Jesus who came and defeated sin and death uh, on the cross, r resurrected, ascended, and now we're looking to him to return and be our champion mm -hmm. uh, when he comes back. Yes. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was just such a, it was such a helpful uh, uh, explanation and understanding. And, and just, I mean, it's just encouraging. It's yeah. not discouraging to be told you're not the <laughs> hero right. of the Bible. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's only encouraging when you see how, how awesome God is yep. and, and how powerful he is. So, uh, yeah, well, thanks so much, Joe. I really yeah. appreciate it. So, no Faith family, uh, God bless you. Merry Christmas to you all, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.